mastery of the rules leads to freedom. Mastery of the rules leads to freedom. I was, I learned this in kind of roundabout way, not through my own mastery of rules, but through watching other people's when I attempted in high school to learn the violin. It's a very difficult instrument, it's my favorite instrument, and I only worked at it for about a year and a half and kind of gave up. There's still a little part of me that wants to, to go back and learn. But it was interesting, when I first started to play the violin, I talked with many people who play stringed instruments, guitar kind of excluded. The, one of the first things I thought of is, how do you know where the notes are? There's no frets as in a guitar. And when I first got to my lessons, I realized that they put tape on the, um, on the violin to tell you where your fingers should go to play the different notes. I was like, ah, this is, makes it much easier. So it took me a while to learn where to put my fingers. And then I would, but I would watch other violinists later on. And I realized that the little pieces of tape were not there. And my very clunky attempts to find out where I should put my fingers, how to hold the bow, how to play this instrument, they were doing it effortlessly. They had learned the rules. They had no need of tape anymore. The, the, the way of playing was kind of ingrained in them because they mastered the rules. And I watched many violinists, Isaac Perlman, Hilary Hahn. They were masters at playing this instrument. And I stand in awe of what they can do. But my friends, they had to first master the rules. And then they were free to become, to seek out perfection in playing the instrument. One of the common criticisms of Christianity, including Catholicism, is that it has so many rules. It's like, oh, you Catholics are so bogged down with all these rules, especially moral rules. And I could hear someone coming into church today and thinking, hearing the gospel and going like, of course, right there, that's it. Um, bunch of rules. What is this, Father? What is this? This is kind of being weighed down. And yet, let's take for a moment, let's suspend our suspicion and look at a violin and compare it to the rules that Jesus lays out and his principle. Mastery of the rules leads to freedom. Jesus is referring to the Ten Commandments when he gives the Sermon on the Mount. This is where we were in chapter 5 of St. Matthew's Gospel, the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is, imp is casting his readers and listeners' minds back to the Ten Commandments. Don't we hear, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not bear false witness. But is this what Jesus is teaching? No, he's not. He says right at the beginning, I have not come to abolish the law, to do away with it, to push it aside, to introduce something new. No, he says, no, I have come to fulfill the law. Instead of pushing it aside, imagine that the law is something we have in our minds and our hearts. Jesus, instead of wanting to push it aside, wants to bury it deeper. He wants to go deeper into the heart's and minds of his listeners. He says, to follow me 
And it's interesting, a little historical and, and theological detail here, but Jesus' listeners would be astounded at this. Jesus is putting himself in the position of the lawmaker. When Moses goes up on Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments, who gives him the law? God himself. And Jesus, when he says, it was told to you by God, thou shalt not kill. He says, but I say to you. He is putting himself on the same level as God. This would have shocked his listeners. He's saying, but I say to you, yes, you shall not kill, but not only that, you should not be angry at your brother. There are parts of our hearts and lives that are unconverted, he is saying, with all these different aspects, whether it be sins against anger, sins against lust, sins against honesty, the, the sin of lying. He's saying, okay, yes, we abide by the commandments. We need to master the commandments. It is a good thing if we learn not to murder. It's a good thing if we learn not to commit adultery. Fantastic. We've kind of mastered that set of rules. But are we free? Are we free? Not completely yet. We need to master those, the Ten Commandments, yes. But the Lord is saying, come forward. If you abide in me, if you follow with me, not only will you abide by the commandments, but I will pull out of you those sinful inclinations to anger, to lust, to lying, to sin. I will set you free. And doesn't, don't we hear those words? Don't our, don't our minds go to St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, where it says, For freedom, Christ set you free. For our freedom, Christ on the cross set us free. And my friends, we need, as we listen to our gospel, as we celebrate this Mass and reflect on what our Lord is telling us, we have to redouble, we have to redouble our efforts. And say, Lord, you're calling me to something deeper, something magnificent. For freedom, true freedom in you, Jesus, you set me free. And yet, let's take, as we kind of conclude our reflections, two last considerations as we think about all of these things. So, when we consider a violin or any musical instrument, what's the freedom that comes from mastery of the rules? Beauty, beauty, amazing, like perfection in playing a beautiful instrument. It's magnificent. What is the goal of mastering the moral life? What's the goal of mastering the moral life? What's the freedom here? What's the freedom we're seeking? All right, let's zoom out from our specific part of our gospel. What is Jesus... What begins Jesus' consideration of these rules, these commandments? The Beatitudes, the first part of the Sermon on the Mount. So the, the Beatitudes are called by St. Augustine the blueprint of the Christian life. And we hear this, don't we? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they shall see God. Are these commandments in a strict sense? 
No, they are not the thou shalt nots. They are the call forward. Blessed are you, or inevitably translated as happy are you when you do these things, when you are meek, when you have this uh, poor in spirit, when you are pure of heart, when you mourn over your sins. Happy are you when you strive after these things, when you are persecuted for the sake of Christ and his kingdom. For your reward will be great in heaven. My friends, I want you to go back, perhaps this week, and reread our gospel. Go back to the, the gospel of Matthew chapter 5. Read it in light of the Beatitudes. And when we hear, thou shalt not kill, but I tell you, you shall not even be angry. Thou shalt not commit adultery, but I tell you, thou shalt not even entertain lust in your heart. Jesus is calling us to the freedom of happiness. He is calling us to the freedom of being blessed in the eyes of God to be happy. For all of these things the Lord is cautioning us against our sins. They harm us. And to, to abide in the Lord is to be called into freedom, blessedness, and happiness. But one last thing. If the mastery of the rules of the Sermon on the Mount leads to the freedom of happiness, one thing I think that maybe is left in our minds is this. Father, I struggle with sin all the time. Father, the moral life is hard. And sometimes I can't even abide by the Ten Commandments. And you know what? Okay. The Lord knows this. He works with us. But we have to keep in mind as we read the Sermon on the Mount, one crucial, absolutely fundamental aspect of our Christian faith. What, one of the things Jesus came to bring us and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. My friends, if we feel like we do not have the energy in us to live out the moral life, if the commandments seem daunting, let alone the Beatitudes, we need to ask that Jesus would send the Holy Spirit into our hearts, into our lives, into our bodies. It's interesting when Jesus talks about sending the Spirit upon his people, he says, the word in Greek, he says, I want to send it to you in your belly or your body. And it literally means like a concave, like the arch of the sky, the place where God wants to dwell with his people in the world. My friends, the God dwelling with us is not some super spiritual thing. It's in our bodies. God will come to us in our bodies to help us live out a moral life to help us live out the Beatitudes. That we can say, yes, Lord, I am I'm trying to live out the Beatitudes, and I am blessed, and I am happy. And this is incredible. So as we go back to our readings, as we continue on with this Mass, ask the Holy Spirit to come. We're literally going to receive Jesus into our bodies in a couple minutes. Why not invite the Holy Spirit as well? that we would be able to not just know intellectually, but know in our minds, bodies, and spirits that the mastery of the rules leads to the freedom of happiness.